0: There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... uh... (laughs) In the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. (laughs) that had never been tried before. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win. But uh, no, it was actually close. (laughs) Then about about 30 years pass, and uh, Germany decides again to go to war. And again, it chooses as its enemy the world. And this time they have that guy, scrankly, crankly, that guy. And I'm not even gonna dignify him by saying his name, but I think mean, you know I'm done. <laughs> but you'd think at that point the world will go, listen, Germany, here's the deal, you don't gotta be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world. That is
1: Mr. Norm MacDonald, who uh, I found out today, yesterday, I guess, uh, that he has passed away at 61 years old. Um, One of my favorite comedians for sure. Uh, There's a list of, I don't know, five-ish, six-ish or whatever that I really like, but there have been many a day where I've binge-watched some Norm content. He's got, he's so unique. I mean, there's people that are really, really funny. And I don't even know if I'd put him in that category of being just like hilarious. He says stuff that's funny and you, you watch it and you're just like, that was that was really like the delivery and everything that he says is like this guy's a genius. Like you're you're more marveling than like in stitches, although many a time I've been in stitches watching him. But his delivery and, and the way he did things was was really incredible. Um definitely some better jokes out there, but uh inappropriate for this show, as well as I would have been canceled just for even acknowledging that I find those jokes to be funny, which, by the way, I do. They're all hilarious. But um, he loved to do that. He loved to kind of, like a lot of comedians, they find out the things you're not supposed to say, and those are only the things that they're going to say. And uh, I appreciate that. It's very sad, though. I mean, not, not that I knew him, not that I could do anything about it, but uh, apparently he was battling cancer and didn't want anyone to know about it. So he didn't say anything, but it's like, you know you carry on, like, no big deal, you, I don't know, you feel guilty or something, I don't know. But anyways, very, very funny person. Um, there are several uh, YouTube videos and whatnot kind of asking the question, is he like a secret genius or whatever? And they kind of go through some of his clips that are, you know, again, he says things that are just, you, you'd almost think he's, he's an idiot, but I don't know. Anyways, um, very, very sad news. Sad news to hear of the passing of Norm McDonald. So yesterday we went through all of the um, grievances on Facebook. I do want to touch on Twitter, but I don't want to spend an entire day just kind of going through that again. Um, but I suppose we should start with Aaron Rodgers' interview with Pat McAfee. I didn't find it um, as insightful. I guess. I mean, I, I I don't know what I expected. I guess I don't I don't know. Um, it was very uh, kind of brush it off. Kind of a. A mentality, which again, I, I get that, right? As he said, you don't want to just sit and dwell on it. But it did feel kind of weird for him to kind of act like, eh, who cares? You know, it's just one game, you know, put it behind you and move on. There's a lot of fans that say that. And and again, I understand they, they do need to move on. But there doesn't, there didn't seem to be a moment when he was really mad. And I, I guess there's a part of me that's concerned about that. You know, get really angry, Say that's wildly unacceptable and then when you get to a point where you say, Well, we gotta move on and we, we you know, we can't do that. It just it, it's a different energy than I remember from Aaron Rodgers. When you know again, I keep going back to the time with the wide receivers when uh Jamon Moore and MVS and Equinemius came on board. You know, it was it was just a practice and they were not fully understanding things. And he lost it. He tore them to shreds. And then when he went into the locker room and they did an interview, he basically said, look, I'm at a, I'm at a point in my career where I've basically had it with this. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff. I, you know, in other words, I don't have very much time. I'm here to win championships. And these guys are messing around. They're not getting a hold of things. I can't sit here and hold people's hand anymore. That was his mentality. That was his demeanor. He was very angry. He was very motivated to get all this stuff done. And now we get this sort of new vibe Aaron Rodgers. And, and again, I don't want to overblow stuff, but my only concern is he's got a very healthy perspective on things. And that's a good thing as far as your mental health is concerned, right? That's a big emphasis for him. But I wouldn't mind a little bit of unhealthy negativity here. This this is the problem I have with a lot of fans who are like, it's just one game, relax. I understand. I'm not worried about a loss, right? If this was the Baltimore Ravens and they lost, or the Buffalo Bills and they lost, it would be very upsetting but also, it's just one week, and, and we can move on. This was 38-3, to 3, dude. This was an absolute blowout. So I guess there's a part of me that just wanted to hear a little bit more like, this was brutal, this was unacceptable, this was very whatever, but we can't go back. It was a huge wake-up call, and we got to get back. You know what I mean? It just, he's very, man. Um, eh, what are you going to do? I know that's not literally what he's saying. I'm just talking about in terms of overall demeanor. That's how it feels much more than, than what I'm accustomed to with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I remember after losses, he used to go to the podium and he would he would be angry and people would ask him questions and he would try to hold back his rage toward the question asker for bringing things up even. And now again, I mean and again, it's it's a healthy thing to do. It's a much more mature thing to do. But you ask him questions and he just kinda of goes, mm, yeah, you know, I think uh I think that was a bad decision by me and um probably could have uh probably could have thrown to Aaron Jones there, but uh uh yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to go m- meditate and hang out. I don't know. But anyways, that's that's kind of his big thing, is everybody else is freaking out. We're cool. We'll be fine. And and they probably will. I just, I wish there was a little bit more. I mean, for their own sake. I mean, it's, it's like Devontae said last year about the NFC Championship game, when everybody's kind of laid back and like, yeah, dude, we made it. And he's like, dude, I don't care about making it anymore. I want Super Bowl. You know, he didn't like the... Even Aaron Rodgers in, what was it, 2019, when they went out and played in LA. He was upset with a lot of the players cuz they weren't doing what they needed to do. But now it's all just kind of meh. You know, offensive line was having problems. No, they did a great job. I think it was fine. Sack was my fault. It's fine. Everybody had a great day. But anyways, everybody's very um infatuated with obviously the shot below the belt. It actually does make a lot of sense and I don't think he's lying. I mean, he he, you know, he wouldn't do that, but it it makes so much sense cuz when you watch that ball We've seen him make that throw a thousand times. We've seen that throw falling away. And I, I even commented on that on this podcast that it was weird because he's, he's made that throw a thousand times. I know he's getting hit, but he, he knows how to do that and he does it very well. And the way that that thing just kind of like shot to one side, like it was going <laughs> at one point it was headed toward Devonte, And then all of a sudden it goes flying in another direction, like just flinging way off course. And so when somebody says, yeah, I got hit, you know, between the legs, it's like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense now. That makes per I get it. But again, it's still like grand scheme of things. Not not to say it wasn't a big thing because he even acknowledged that was a big game changer right there, and and it was. But you know, overall, like, well, okay, yeah, I guess that stinks. Still thirty eight to three though. But otherwise, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really get um, a ton out of it. I know there was a new book. Uh, I believe I didn't. I didn't watch the end of it. Um, but I just. Considering what the first book's recommendation was, I just don't think I want to read any of his recommendations. <laughs> not that I, w- I mean, I don't want to read anyways, but um, I was strongly considering it until I saw what that first one was about. And I'm like, eh, all the books he's going to send me are not going to be. And that, well, never mind. I'm not going to do an anti book rant. But the point is, I think some people think that just by virtue of reading, that's, you know, something great. The question is, what is the content of the reading? You know what I mean? If you read a story about Bigfoot, and how it's real, and he has wings, and if you catch him, he'll grant you three wishes. I don't know that you got smarter for having read that. Just saying. Anyways, we're off the book stuff. There's something else I wanted to address. There was a uh, a special guest, Michael Lombardi, and um, I did watch that, and I thought it was interesting because I actually just listened to his podcast the day before, and he had said basically all this stuff. And although him and I are semi-aligned on our belief that this was largely LaFleur's Lef- fault, and I do respect Michael Lombardi as a guy that obviously has, I mean, he was an NFL GM, he was, he was at the top, he understands all this stuff, he's very plugged into the league and all that. I was very upset by what I heard, um, and this was a very dumbed-down version that he gave to Pat McAfee on his podcast, um, he hates Matt LaFleur, basically. And he's made it very clear, you know, when we talk about how Matt LaFleur is so disrespected, or at least I do, I figured out why. Um, His opinion of Matt LaFleur and his opinion of a lot of things comes from his sources within the NFL. It's not like he's sitting and, and, I mean, he's doing some stuff, but, you know, he talks to guys, you know, he talks to coaches, he talks to GMs, he, he talks to old friends and all these kinds of things. It became very clear to me that Matt LaFleur has no respect from within the NFL, none. In fact, he referred to Matt LaFleur as la F word. Instead of fleur, it was the F word. And he didn't say F word. He said the actual word. And when you just pause this and say that out loud and recognize how unbelievably disrespectful that is to say about another person, especially an NFL head coach on your podcast. And that's how he referred to him for the rest of the show, by the way, la F. And what he said is, and he said somebody texted him that. Um I think he said his cousin. I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't really understand the backstory. He said his cousin who shares the name of the, the trophy. So he has a cousin, Vince Lombardi. I don't know. But the, the text message said, La F has no idea what he's doing or something to that effect. And his whole thing is that he's way out of his league, right? He he can't match up against anybody that has any level of intelligence. Um, he can beat up on stupid coaches. But when he goes up against really smart coaches, he gets outmatched. He's too stupid to be a coach, essentially, is is what he said. And aside from just generally being, I don't even want to say offended, but just kind of like that's way over the line, you know? But aside from all that, it didn't really make sense to me. So I want to touch on that theory because I I, I just don't really get it. And it's hard to quantify who's a good coach and who's a bad coach, who's an intelligent, schemy coach, or, or what, I don't, I, you know, what is the criteria for good coach as opposed to dumb coach? But um, anyway, so I, I, I pulled up a little bit of information just so we can look at it. Um, if we look at every single team he's gone up against every single opponent, and let's just see how he did. And, and, and I'm guessing most of these coaches are considered stupid coaches, but even if you do that, that's the other thing that doesn't make any sense. We can go through this list and be like, yeah, but those are all stupid coaches. Okay. But this is most of the NFL. So if he's smarter than 75% of the league, then how does that not make him a qualified coach? So that doesn't make any sense. Well, he's not smart enough to beat the best of the best, but he's just smart enough to beat like 80% of, of the rest of the NFL. Like, okay, but let's go through it. In order, Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn. Is Dan Quinn a capable... I mean, he's the, the, the inventor of the legion of boom. Is he an idiot or is, what is he? Well, it's the, it's the Falcons and he doesn't know how to be a head coach and he's an idiot. Okay, well, we beat them, but I guess maybe that doesn't count. We played the Carolina Panthers twice once was uh, Ron Rivera. Is Ron Rivera a really intelligent head coach? I would bet if you ask anybody, the answer is yes. We beat them 24 to 16. We also faced them um, the next year when they hired Matt Rule. Now, I don't know, but I tend to think that we, um, that he would be considered also a pretty talented coach. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's an idiot. We also beat them 24 to 16. Exact same result there. But maybe they're all idiots. Okay, well, we played Chicago four different times. We beat them four times in a row. I'm willing to concede that most people don't think that um, Matt Nagy is a is a genius, but I think some people think he's at least somewhat schematically smart, but we'll, we'll just completely disregard that. Fine. Uh, beat Dallas when their head coach was Jason Garrett. I mean, he's a coordinator now, so I don't think anybody would necessarily consider him a super genius. He beat Vic Fangio. Is Vic Fangio an idiot? He's, I mean... And that that's the other thing. Like what, what are we talking about? Because even if it's like, well, he's just he's he's a good defensive coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. Okay, but doesn't that mean they have a good defense? Isn't the whole point of this that you get really smart guys that know how to how to scheme and game plan and do all these kinds of things? So Vic Fangio installs his brilliant Vic Fangio defense, and that brilliant Vic Fangio defense goes up against Matt LaFleur's idiot boy LaF offense and uh the Packers won twenty seven to sixteen. Isn't that isn't that kind of contrary to what you're saying? Or or again, are we saying that uh, uh, this guy's an idiot and he's not a very good head coach? Talking about Vic Fangio. And if you're saying, well, it's because they don't have very good players. Well, that goes entirely against the entire argument, though. It's not about players. Most people lose to teams with really good players. That's just every single team loses more often to good players than bad players. You're trying to make the point, Mr. Lombardi, that really good head coaches just get inside his head and, and game plan, and he doesn't know how to get out of it, regardless of the talent of the team, which would make sense against New Orleans. We'll get there, obviously. I'm sure you know where I'm going with that. But that's the point. It's not even about the players. It's about the, the game plan. They come up with a good game plan to stop you, and, and Matt LaFleur can't find his way out of it to save his life. Isn't that the idea? So, is again, is Fangio stupid? Uh, Detroit, we won't even touch that, but um, we're 4-0 and against Detroit. Obviously, that doesn't matter because that's a stupid coach, and anybody could beat Detroit 4-0, obviously. Uh, Houston, I don't think anybody would super argue that that's a genius head coach. We beat them 35-20. to 20. Indianapolis, this, I think, is the strongest case you could possibly make uh, in terms of what they're talking about with Frank Reich. Very well-respected head coach. I don't know if he's more respected than some of the guys we've talked about, but very well-respected head coach. Um, beat us by three points. So there you go. There's, there's one example. All right, got it nailed it, kind of, but sure. Uh, Jacksonville, probably not so much, beat them. Uh, Kansas City with Andy Reid, we beat them. Is Andy Reid a good coach, or is he kind of a bad coach? I'm not really sure how that works. Well, uh, what's his name? Pat Mahomes didn't play in that game. Well, so what? It was 31-24, to 24. it really wasn't even close, and, 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 if, and again, if we're talking about Pat Mahomes is, would have beat us, fine but Andy Reid didn't. So I guess Frank Reich is a super genius of the NFL. Andy Reid, not so much, kind of a bumbling idiot. Uh, we lost to the Chargers, which, you know, I don't really know exactly who would say Anthony Lynn is a super great coach. I thought he did a good job, but he ended up getting fired. So I don't know if it was necessarily the super genius of Anthony Lynn that caused that, but, you know, maybe he would try to make that case unsuccessfully. But, um, there's the L.A. Rams also. Who's their head coach again? Oh, yeah, Sean McVay. Is that guy a really smart coach or a really dumb coach? What do you think? Is he, is he a good one, like a smart one, or like a dumb one? Because we beat them in the playoffs, 32-18. to 18, Number one uh, defense in the NFL. We, we just trampled all over them like they didn't exist. It was kind of a joke. It was kind of a funny funny thing to witness. Minnesota Vikings mike zimmer is he is he kind of good at figuring out this whole defensive thing or um has he put together a couple good teams because we're three three and one against the minnesota vikings what do you think is he is he a stupid coach or a smart coach i feel like he's a pretty smart coach but maybe he's stupid i mean if, if we can beat him he must be stupid i guess i don't know we'll have to defer to michael lombardi on that one then we have uh the new orleans saints which again here is another just nail in the coffin um super genius, brilliant head coach that comes up with a game plan. And there you go. That's why the Packers lost. Um, I can't exactly explain why the Packers beat the Saints the last time they played, though. So how does that work, right? Matt LaFleur can't beat the more intel- He can only beat up on the dumb coaches. He cannot beat the good coaches. Except he did already. He already beat this guy. So what are you talking about? And and again, I think this is like just generic locker room talk. You know what I mean? It's not like he's put a lot of thought into this. It's not like anybody has. He gets a text from some guy, and it's just general locker room talk. This is, by the way, probably why he was the Cleveland Browns GM for like two years and got fired, but we'll leave that alone. Um, and so he just blasts it on his podcast as fact when it's not. It's just It's just guy talk. You know what I mean? It's just like when... When you get on your phone, when you're talking to your buddy about football stuff and somebody's like, you know what I think, I think this, it's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's not a lot of real good research that went into that. It's just a theory that just gets thrown around. And that's really all he's doing because this is kind of stupid. New York Giants, that's obviously a dumb coach, but we beat them. Oakland, Um, I don't know. Is Oakland a dumb coach? Is John Gruden a dumb coach? I'm not really sure where he would fall on that one. I, I, I feel like he's a respected guy, but I also feel like some people think he's a joke. Either way, 42-24 kind of made quick work of that one. I mean, John Gruden's been around a long time. He would You would think he'd know how to run a team and and call plays and do all these kinds of things. Certainly well above the uh, abilities of a you know piece of garbage like Matt LaFleur. So it's kind of strange um, to see a 42-24 result there a little bit. Uh, Philadelphia, we did lose to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia's head coach is Doug Peterson. And I know Doug Peterson is a pretty well-respected guy, maybe not as much anymore uh, now that the team is not, you know, it kind of went down the tubes a little bit. But again, we lost to Doug Peterson um, in 2019, 27-34, but then in 2020 we played him again and beat him 30-16. So if Doug Peterson is a super smart coach, and uh, we can't beat super smart coaches. Why did he beat the super smart coach? I don't, under, I don't understand. Explain how that works. And again, this is, this is just cherry picking, right? You look at the losses and you go, these are good coaches. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's it then. That's the end of the story. What is? Well, that he can't beat good coaches. Did you, did you test out that? Did you look at his wins and losses? No, I just, you know, it's a correlation of his very few losses that they tend to be experienced head coaches, which most of them are. And so that's my uh, just harebrained theory. Oh, great. How about San Francisco, right? You want to talk about the best of the best, Kyle Shanahan. Boom, boom, biggity, baggity, boggity, right? What you going to do about that, boy? What can you do, man? 2019, 37 to 8. You remember that? Brutal, son. Then you got the January game. You get beat again, 37 to 20. So there you go, there's a proof. Kyle Shanahan, best coach in football, you can't beat him. Except in 2020, in November, we went back there on Thursday and beat him 34-17. to And again, if you want to say, well, the the quality of the team wasn't quite as good, then we're talking about quality of team, we're not talking about coach. If what you're saying is, he has a hard time beating teams with really, really good players and really, really good head coaches, like Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, even though we've never seen that. Well, then my answer to that would be, duh. And I don't think you need to go on your podcast and calling him really, really inappropriate names because he's so stupid, because he struggles to beat really, really good head coaches and really, really good rosters, like best team in football, like Tampa Bay. Gee, you think? By the way, Tampa is is the only actual real example outside of Frank Reich where we played him twice and we lost twice. Well, gee golly, doesn't that stink? How about Tennessee, though? Mike Vrabel? That guy know anything? Is he kind of Did he kind of build up a really good program over there? Did he you know beat uh, the New England Patriots and a bunch of other teams, and he brought them to being the best in their division and brings them back to the playoffs all the time? Is he kind of a competent head coach? Did they lose 40 to 14, or is he a dummy coach? Maybe he's an idiot, too. I don't know. Uh, we also beat Washington um, when their head coach was uh, Bill Callahan. I don't think that's necessarily considered a stalwart coach, but um, again... I took the theory, right? And this is what I do with everything else. And again, nobody's going to listen to me, just like with everything else at preseason. Okay, here's the information, here's the data, here's what I found. People that think that he's, he can't go up against good coaches, they're going to disregard everything I said, but I'm just putting it in front of you. You make your own determination. What do you think? So I, you know, and again, I'm coming from a place of, of believing that there are problems with his leadership ability. There are problems potentially with game plan. There are problems certainly with preparation and getting these guys ready to go. But the theory that he can't go up against the top end head coaches, I don't see the validity in that just by reading his wins and losses. And again, you got a guy that came into a six win program and went 13 and three in back to back seasons into the NFC championship, which is a feat that basically nobody does. You can maybe point to like one or two. I think John Gruden was great when he started out. Um, I'm sure there were a couple others that had a lot of instant success, but, um, I just, I don't understand it. And, and again, he's just he, he, seething anger and hatred. And, and that's what happened on Pat McAfee's show. The question was posed about Aaron Rodgers and he immediately turned it to Matt LaFleur because he loves Aaron Rodgers and he hates Matt LaFleur. And that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. Well, it's kind of funny too, though, because, uh, Pat McAfee followed that up with a question, he really was just wondering like okay so if you're the head coach what would you say but his comment specifically was were you there in 2017 when uh, Bill Belichick got spanked by the Kansas City Chiefs 42 to 27 in week 1 and then what basically went on to say so so what i mean how would how would bill belichick handle that but just watch how michael lombardi squirms at that because after he just lays out this whole thing about how matt LaFleur's a big dumb idiot for losing big to a you know a big bad coach and a big bad team, not having his guys prepared. The follow-up question is about how uh, Bill Belichick kind of and, and it's not as bad of a score, but he got walloped in week one. And this is Andy Reid and uh, and Alex Smith, by the way. So so this is the year that they drafted, I think um, Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes was not playing yet. But again, big brain Andy Reid comes in and, and annihilates the Patriots 42 to 27. Again, not as bad of a beating, but it's just kind of funny because, and, and that's the problem with all these, these silly narratives is that they fall apart so quickly. If, if, you're, if what you're implying is if you lose to good coaches, that makes you a bad coach and a dummy because you lose to, like, you can beat really dumb coaches, but you can't beat the really smart ones. Okay, so we go back to 2017 and see Andy Reid beat Bill Belichick. What's the conclusion? Well, he has a history of beating really smart coaches. Well, so does Matt LaFleur. What's your point? It's not as extensive as a history because he doesn't have as extensive as a history as Bill Belichick. But I thought that that was absolutely hilarious because it just blew up right in his face right there on cue. And by the way, that was a very, very good football team. They went on to be 13-3. and um, They went to the uh, Super Bowl and lost. That was the year they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. But they lost to the Chiefs, beat the Saints, the Texans, lost to the Panthers, and then won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a row. Lost to the Dolphins, and then won one, two, three, four, five, five in a row, six in a row, something like that, five in a row until losing to the Eagles. So it was a good season, but I don't know. I just it just bothered me. And again, I, I like Michael Lombardi just from the standpoint of he's he's speaking from experience. It's kind of similar to the Manning thing that we saw on Monday night, which I'll comment after the break to where you listen to him and you're like, it's kind of nice to hear people kind of know what they're talking about and have an inside scoop on things a little bit and to not just completely make things up. But at the same time, he is somewhat making things up because, again, a lot of this is, even if it's people that are currently in the league. So you talk to the, the let's say, now Cleveland Browns GM. Let's say you're talking to Dorsey. And Dorsey has an opinion of Matt LaFleur. So what? It may be a slightly more informed opinion than us, but it's not really. It's 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 people watching from afar. So, I don't know. That just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I lost a little bit of respect for him. I mean, listen, he he flies off the cuff, and he says exactly what he feels, and I think that that's cool. But to have such an ill-informed opinion that doesn't really hold up and to use that as the reason to call him that name is just crazy to me. I mean, you're you're a—I mean, freshly out of the NFL. It was just a handful of years ago he was the GM for the Browns, and then, you know, for like two, three years he was— he was with the Patriots as as a basically a consultant on on staff before starting this podcast, and now he's calling and a current NFL head coach for one of the biggest and best franchises in the NFL right now. Uh, La F word. That just that just kind of blew me away. And and again, if if you're gonna do it, you better have some solid ground to stand on. But but look, he he feels the authority to say it because he's speaking as sort of a representative for the rest of the NFL right? Well, you can bash me if you want, but this is what everybody thinks. Okay, well, that's fine, but everybody's kind of stupid, I guess. And again, I'm, I I agree there's some issues there, but that particular line of thinking is ridiculous to me. But anyways, it's already eight o'clock, which means everybody's losing their mind upstairs, and I'm getting uh, not enough done fast enough. But we do need to take a break, and we'll come back and uh, kind of, I don't know, we'll, we'll kind of see what we get through, because there's quite a bit. And I do kind of want to touch on Twitter a little bit. But anyways, uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for 5 That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may
0: apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: By the way, if you would like to support this very podcast right here, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, that would be greatly appreciated. I can't promise you it will go to uh, feed starving children or anything, um, aside from mine. But um, that would be lying because uh, I'm not going to feed them. Also, I haven't thrown this out there in a while, but um, there are several people that help me out with what I do. They're very, very good people. If uh, money is not a thing, there's always some work to be done. Might not be fun work, might not be interesting, might not be useful, but, you know, if you just want to be a part of the team, let me know, come hang out, whatever. Also, there is a post now on the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, which you should have already liked and followed, and if you're following it, you should be getting notifications, notification, so you already know about this, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know. However, there's a post there now. And it basically says, do all the stuff that you have to do. Go over to pristineauction.com, sign up, use promo code packernet, blah, blah, blah. But you have to share that post. And if you share that post, I'm going to be looking at all the shares on that post. That's how I'm going to select who wins. But here's the thing. If you find that on some random Packers Facebook group, and it's like, oh, I just better share this. No, 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 no. Because I can't see that. And I can't trace this around a million different places. I'll never even be able to find it. I'm only going to be able to see the shares from the page, I believe. So go to the page, find the post, share it. Share it with your family, share it with your friends, share it in a Facebook group. I don't really care. But I'm going to look at all those shares, and that's how I'm going to select the winner. Then you just have to prove, or I'll find you on the the list of followers. And as long as you're there, you show me proof that you're in pristine, and we're good to go. Giving away a David Bakhtiari signed jersey. Not just a jersey. He signed it with his own name and everything. Anyways, in the news, again, stuff that I should be starting with, but I didn't, Uh, Jeffrey Okuda, is out. And we're obviously not going to be looking at, um, the teams and and the breakdowns and all that stuff. And Okuda really has not been very impressive. Um, I I mentioned last year, he was a very bad corner. I think specifically when we played him, I think it was Devante came in. It might've been week two. I don't remember, but, um, shredded him. I mean, absolutely embarrassed him. Everything that was supposed to happen, um, this past week with uh, Paulson Adebo happened to Jeffrey Akuda. That being said, anytime a team says he might not be good, but he's our guy, and that guy goes away, it's going to be kind of painful. There's always the possibility that they're just making a bad decision, for instance, like us with King and Stokes or, you know, whatever, but um, it's still a negative when you lose a guy. And And listen, I'm I'm going to be hesitant this whole week to even say, oh, we're, we're definitely going to beat these guys or those guys because of what happened this past week. I don't care if they have the worst corners in the, uh, in the world. At the end of the day, the worst corner in the NFL is a talented football player. And as much as that sounds stupid and it's kind of cliche, if you're having a bad day, that guy can hold up. He'll make it work. And that's what we saw against New Orleans. Right At the end of the day, Christian Ringo, while not being a super high quality player on an NFL level, is a monstrous human being an absolute freak show. And if you're a little bit off on your game, he's going to smack you around like a little, well, I don't know. I don't know how to finish that sentence. Everything that came to my mind is uh, something I probably shouldn't say, but he's going to slap you around real good. He's going to make you look silly, but it is, it is noteworthy. And there were quite a few injuries around the NFL this past week. Won't get into all of them because it's not super pertinent to us on this particular point in time. But um, it's a ruptured Achilles tendon, so he's he's actually, it's not just a minor thing, he's done for the entire season. And so again, I don't want to go through the whole breakdown, because we got a long time to go through the whole breakdown of Detroit, and it's one of those things where we get to Saturday, and it's like, I've kind of said everything I want to say, and I don't want to get into that little trap. But I do want to look at their corners, just to get an idea of that situation. Um, their number one corner, at least in terms of snaps, was Amani Arouarie. He had a 38 overall grade. Amani is a guy that I believe they just recently acquired as well. He was a fifth-round pick in 2019, um, and he did not have a good 2020, let's just say that. That was his only year where he really played a lot of snaps. Amani Ariwariye is one of those guys where people thought he was like a, I don't really remember exactly what it was, second round, maybe third round. He fell to the fifth, and so it's one of those things where He never was that good. That's what we learned when he got drafted in the fifth. But draft people aren't smart enough to acknowledge that. They think that they're right and the NFL is stupid. And so they go, dude, Amani Aroarie, that is the best. That's the biggest steal. The Lions got a huge steal. They got like a second, third round pick in the fifth round. That's crazy. No, he's a fifth round guy. Um, And so last year, 50 overall grade. He gave up. Let's see. Again, this is their number one guy. 733 yards, which is a lot. Three touchdowns, one interception, six pass breakups. I've seen worse, but statistically that's pretty bad. Uh, 29 tackling grade is really, really bad. 22% of his tackle attempts were misses. Um, Run defense, 43. Coverage grade, 51. So across the board, not super great. And Again, starting off this past week, um, eight targets, five receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Um, That kind of I mean, Kevin King looks like Jair Alexander compared to Amani this past week. Um, second corner is Jeffrey Akuda, who is out. He actually had a 53 overall grade, which is not good, but kind of looking at it going, he might be our best guy at this point, but now he's out. After that was A.J. Parker, who graded out quite well, but only 21 snaps, and that's it. So A.J. Parker must have been the slot guy. So that was, that was the whole thing, right? You got Amani you've got, and, and maybe Akuda went out, and that's when Parker came, but there had to have been another corner, right, who played in the slot, let me sort by position, maybe I'm missing somebody, no, just three, those are the only three that played all week, so it'll be interesting, let me go over to Arles real quick, just to kind of get an idea, because I'm confused now, and maybe they were dropping a safety down in the slot, that's entirely possible as well, I guess it's not that important, but I'm curious. File this under things that you need to figure out before uh, you start the podcast. But I never know which way the podcast is going to go. That's the hard part. That's why doing the live YouTube thing is so hard. I can think I have all the notes in the world, and then um, you start talking, it's like, I don't know. But anyways, um, Fetty Malfonwu was a third-round pick. There's a possibility they're going to slide him in. I don't know if maybe he's injured or what, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. AJ Parker is next in line um, that I can see here behind Jeff Okuda. So... Fetty, if, if he's healthy, might be getting the start. Otherwise, A.J. Parker is going to be the guy. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on is the Zadarius Smith drama, which I don't want to believe exists. I really don't. Zadarius is such a good dude. He's so just um, laid back and fun, and he's just a nice guy. You know, he's always talked about he loves being a Packer. He wants to stay here in Green Bay. Uh, when there was that incident down in Chicago, he took the blame for it. I know that's kind of a weird example, but it, it, just, it, it all goes to character. It's just a great dude, great locker room presence, the whole thing. There was uh, an incident on social media, probably Instagram, because that's where it always happens, but it may have been Twitter, um, probably Twitter now that I think about it, where he said, wow, right? And it's one of those things where usually it doesn't mean anything. You know, I've seen it a million times where somebody will say something, everybody freaks out, and then sometimes, whenever they do respond, which is rare, but whenever they do respond, it's like, dude, I was talking about like an episode of the Simpsons, like just chill, chill out, which I don't know why you need to go on Twitter and be like, dude, Twitter needs to know about this random thought that I'm not even going to explain, but that happens. And so everybody was freaking out because it corresponded to when the Packers handed out captain badges and he did not get one. And I thought there's no way, you know what I mean? Like there's, that's such a silly thing. There's absolutely no way, especially since, I mean, it's it's not only childish and and seemingly anti-Zedarius's character, but it's it's also disrespectful to the guys that got it because you're saying I deserve it more than these guys. And listen, maybe he does. I think you could argue that he should get it over Kenny Clark, Jair. No, Adrian, I'm fine with that. Especially since we're kind of we're kind of like going in layers here a little bit. Although technically Jair is a DB like Adrian is. You kind of got like the defensive line, and then you got the corner, which I guess is a little bit more middle of the field. And then you got your deep guys, right? Obviously linebacker would make more sense, but we're definitely not doing that. But Jair is an automatic. Adrian makes a ton of sense. And I think Kenny makes a good amount of sense. And it also goes to, plus, well, and, and that's the other part of it. This was a voting thing. So if he's upset, he's upset with his teammates not voting for him, I, I guess. But it just seems so childish. You know what I mean? It, it just seems silly to be so upset about it. Like, you know, like, this is middle school, like middle school girls. And I'm not saying he is, but the big thing that happened that makes it seem like maybe this is real, apparently there was an Instagram thing where he said something was coming in the mail. I didn't even understand it, but it was it was a captain's patch. I think he was getting like a, a, a gold necklace or something sent to him. That was a captain's thing. As if to say, I'm going to give myself what I always deserve. Again, it just doesn't jive with my understanding of Zadarius, but it certainly is starting to come together and seem as though that is the direction it's going in, and I I really hope that that silly nonsense is not a reality, and especially on top of everything that's been going on, it's like can we catch a freaking break here? And it's it it is all nonsense, and everybody wants to sympathize with everybody. Like well, Rogers has a point; he doesn't get respect. Shut up. And I listen. I didn't want to believe that the Aaron Rodgers thing was about Jordan Love. Because in my mind, he's a professional. He understands this is football. There's no way that he's just that upset about about Jordan Love, right? This is a culmination of things. I don't agree with any of it anyways. But it's not just that. He understands that this is how the NFL works. You're you're constantly drafting to replace players. You're always drafting. And it, it ultimately is best player available. And sometimes you don't end up having to replace somebody. Sometimes you do. It doesn't mean they're gone immediately. But he turns full drama queen, and he even said it recently. He said it just on, I think it was Sunday at noon, when he did his little sit-down with whatever her name is. And he said it several times prior to that. He said, listen, you drafted my replacement. If you want to move on, then fine, do it. Oh, would you relax, drama queen? Jeez. Everybody's turning into a little princess. And we got Devante drama. And again, I give him the benefit of the doubt. And, And so far, I still have. I haven't seen anything to suggest that he's turning into a, a, a diva. He just wants a lot of money, and, and it's just a general contract negotiation. But again, you get the little stupid stuff with the the last dance, all these other little things about, you know, they're not doing what I want. And, you know, again, it's it's mostly general contract stuff, and everybody's trying to blow it up, and I'm trying to be like, nah, it's not that big of a deal. But they keep wanting to make it a big deal. And I hate to turn it full circle and be like, this is Roger's fault for for proving that this is how things are done now. But it's really seeming to spiral out of control now. With Zedarius deciding that he's going to turn into a uh, a diva, and be upset that his teammates didn't vote for him, and so now we're going to have what locker room discord about this? What like Zedarius and Preston are going to be all mad, and they're going to be what jealous of Kenny? And they're what are they going to give him the silent treatment? Not invite him to their birthday parties? Can we shut up and play football, please? Quit crying. And again, maybe it's fake. I don't know. I'm the one that keeps saying it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. You guys are making this up. And then Aaron Rodgers again goes on TV and is like, nope, that's exactly the problem. They drafted love and I got sad and I said, fine, then I'd quit. I'm going to retire. Just just trade me if that's what you really want. This is on par with like if you started dating someone and at some point you're having a conversation with your significant other and you look over and after having a conversation with another couple, you're like, oh, she looks nice. And she's like, well, maybe you should just date her then. Like, dude, wow. Okay, never mind. I hate her. Actually, she's the worst. And again, he keeps going back and forth. Well, no, I just want more input. But then he goes on TV and he's like, "Well, if you, if you're going to draft Jordan Love, then just trade me." Okay, well, <laughs> so it's not about input. It's not about Kumar, It's about Jordan Love, which I thought it wasn't. It's just, it's just stupid. And especially on top of this whole loss, you know, it's 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 painful enough to go process all this and. Still try to be optimistic as fans to be like, look, they're going to get it together. Everything's fine. They're still a great team. And I'm just going to ignore the fact that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled and he's on this little hippie mission trip where uh, he's in retirement mode and he's got his little ponytail and he's just living his best life and he's playing guitar and thinking about retirement and fading off into the sunset with his actress, soon to be white, and forgetting the fact that Devontae is kind of giving these weird signals, you know, to where you kind of assume he's going to come back, but also he's kind of being weird about stuff. Making somewhat unusual comments. And Then you got Zadarius putting out these weird signals, which it seems like it's not a big deal. But then he, listen, he's the one that went on social media. He knows that, this is this is the thing. He knows that there's speculation and people are going on social media like, dude, I bet he's mad about the captain thing. And then he's the one that chooses to go out and apparently get fitted for some neck, I don't know if that's what it was, but let's just pretend that's what it is, get fitted for some d- necklace or whatever, that's a captain thing, and then when the sketch comes out, he sa- he puts that on social media and tells everybody about it, he knows full well what's going to happen, he's blasting it out there that he's being disrespected by his own team, now maybe it's just like a, sort of like the last dance thing where a lot of thought didn't go into it, and it's just like, oh, that'd be kind of funny, maybe he's just trolling everybody, I don't know, but it's annoying. And I don't like it so much because I want to have faith in this team that they're a bunch of adults and they're a bunch of professionals and their main focus isn't about a popularity contest. It's not about a stupid C on the jersey. It's about showing up on Sunday and winning football games and winning championships and bringing them back to title town. That's why you're here. That's why you get paid a lot of money. That should be your number one driving factor in focus. That's what everybody should be focused on instead of this bickering BS. I don't want to believe that this thing is all crumbling in front of us. I want to believe that everybody's saying that is being a drama queen, but the players are not making it easy to do that because now, as opposed to being guarded, they just love the spotlight and they're using the spotlight to tell everybody that they're not happy. Not everybody. I mean, Kenny's a pretty quiet dude. Yet I haven't heard much from him. Aaron Jones is is just the most spectacular human being on planet earth. Very happy, very optimistic. and And again, it's you know when you when you look at these guys, and and again maybe Devontae's not doing anything, maybe Zadarius isn't doing anything, maybe this is all fake. But the other thing that that you got to be concerned about is you're not just causing problems for fans because who cares about us, right? Why do you care about us? Why do you care about me, some stupid podcaster that just talks trash about your team all the time? You don't care, and nor should you. But what about Aaron Jones? You're you're kind of polluting his locker room, aren't you? Do you not care about him? Do you not care about his aspirations? What about Jair who's trying to get paid or these young guys who are trying to come up and make their own name and make their own paycheck? If you don't care about your own legacy, you don't care about how you are are behaving. You don't care about your next paycheck or your career in Green Bay. What about the guys that do? What about TJ Slayton trying to come up? What about Aaron Rodgers? Do you care about Aaron Rodgers? Do you care about him getting one more before he rides off into the sunset? Or is it all about you and your feelings? Again, maybe it's fake. I don't know. But it just, I, I keep ignoring it, and it keeps getting thrown in my face, and I keep ignoring it, and it keeps getting thrown in my face. And it's just, at some point, you got to kind of face it and say, enough is enough. And again, it kind of comes back to Matt LaFleur. I was all excited because when he showed up, it seemed like all the locker room problems just vanished, and everybody was happy, and everybody was having a great time. And, I, and again, I think a lot of that was because of the winning. I said that when we hired Matt LaFleur, because everybody was saying him and Rodgers are going to hate each other. And I said, well, that's going to depend if they're winning or not. If they're winning, uh, Rogers will love him. And if they're not winning, I think Rogers is going to very much not like him. And they're winning. But I, you know, I, just, I can't help but feel like there's, there's another variable here where winning isn't quite enough because they're being trashed by the media. They're being trashed by their own fans. They feel like this is a joke of an organization as opposed to... I mean, listen, this is a team that for my entire lifetime has had a, a legacy. Shortly before my lifetime, this was, this was a team that everybody was ready to pack up and say, we got to leave Green Bay because this team is a joke. But for the next ensuing 30 years, it was a team that stood on a very strong legacy, not just their historical legacy, but the way that Ron Wolf built things, the way that they did business, the way that things were done in Green Bay is the way that things needed to be done. And now the way things are going, it's kind of becoming a laughingstock. And I don't think some of it is warranted, but the guys in charge have to do something to nip it in the bud. They have to. Because this is spiraling out of control to the point where you feel like the team feels like this is a joke, and they feel like they can walk all over everybody. They can walk all over Goot. They can walk all over LaFleur. Maybe that's Roger's fault. Maybe that's the media's fault. I don't know. But the guys in charge need to start acting in charge and and taking charge. And, and the thing is, I think Gutekunst is, and the fans don't like it. The fans want him to roll over and be a little punk and, and do whatever Roger says. And I don't know that I agree, because that's what Matt LaFleur does. Matt LaFleur seemingly lets the players walk all over him, and I don't think it's a good thing. I think these guys do need to stand up. I do, I do think that there needs to be a foundation here in Green Bay that supersedes the person in charge. Listen, I'd love to be your best friend and let you take over, and I'll kick my feet up, but um, that's not the way things are done here. There is a strong, sturdy foundation, and I'm going to play by the playbook because I'm not above Green Bay. I'm not above what Ron Wolf built and instilled here, things that went back before Ron Wolf. It's not just about who you draft and how you draft and when you draft. It's about how we treat people. That's both positively and negatively. For example, when you come in here, you know, you look at Vince Lombardi and his great legacy of how he treated people, especially on the issues of race. It was a very progressive place in an area where you wouldn't necessarily expect that, but it was. You treat everybody with respect. That's a great legacy in Green Bay. However, there's also a legacy where regardless of your skin color, if you walk up to Vince Lombardi and try to tell him what it is, He's going to knock your teeth down your throat. Just ask the guy that took his hat. <laughs> he, he was going to kill that guy. It's a well-known thing. And that's probably every coach back in the day, but but there's still an element of that. And I think Gudekunst is hanging on to that a little bit, whereas Matt LaFleur is on the other side of it being a little bit more, you know, player-friendly. And I tend to think the pr- player-friendly thing is hurting us more than the Gudekunst standing his ground thing, despite the fact that most people disagree. They want Gudekunst to back off and do whatever Rodgers says. I don't agree with that. Anyways, I should probably wrap this up and get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.